I want to be careful that people know where my blessings come from because if you line all the successful rodeo athletes up, I'm going to look like the shepherd boy, David. And I think to this day, that's why I was chosen because everybody could see that it wasn't all athleticism. It wasn't all self-done. God had his hand on me my whole career. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today, we feature interviews from two men who have realized that through all their ups and downs, Jesus has always been there for them. Rodeo champion Trevor Brazil and musician Zach Williams. Trevor Brazil is an American rodeo champion who competes in the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. He holds the record for the most PRCA World Champion titles with 24 wins. In 2018, Trevor announced he'd be taking a break from doing professional rodeo full-time to devote more time to his family and his business endeavors. Brazil attributes his success not only to hard work and dedication he has put toward his sport, but has recognized God's hand in being elevated to a level where he can connect with a large audience about his faith. We caught up with Trevor and his son, Treston, live at the National Finals Rodeo right before Trevor won his 24th championship. My name is Trevor Brazil, 23-time world champion cowboy. I am a professional cowboy. That pretty much sums me up. I'm Treston Brazil, and I'm Trevor's son. I grew up in the panhandle of Texas on a feedlot with uh, my dad being a feedlot manager and my mom being a school teacher. I lived in the panhandle for the first seven years of my life, and then we moved to North Texas probably 30, 40 miles from where we reside now in Decatur, Texas. I just, I love being around the horses. I loved the cowboy way of life. And when I saw the rodeo cowboys that were traveling through and, you know, how good they were at their trade, it just made me inspired to be one of them someday. My parents had both been involved in rodeo at some form. Professionally, they always had a job and rodeoed on the side. And it was my dream to be able to, like every other cowboy in America, not have a real job. And so I was able to realize that probably in 1998 when I made my first appearance to the national finals here in Las Vegas. I was in my third year of college that same year, and I remember battling because it was really important to me to finish college and coming out here to the national finals would mean I was gonna have to step away from college that year. And it was advice from one of my professors that helped make it a lot simpler, that it would still be there and I needed to go see if this was for me or not. And well, I told my mom that it didn't mean I wasn't going back to college. A lot of people don't get to the point where they have to make the choice, and so at least go experience it and see if it's what you thought it would be, and if not, college will be here. The first time that I didn't make Pro Rodeo's Super Bowl, which is the NFR in Las Vegas, that I was going to go back, and I'm hoping that I've kind of exceeded the statute of limitations there, so I'm not going to rodeo full-time anymore, and I'm hoping she doesn't make me go back to college at this point. We are stepping into something new for sure. 
because when Tristan, he's my oldest son, when he was born, that's when the clock started for me because I thought as soon as he started kindergarten that I was going to be done rodeoing because I wanted to be in the mix and I wasn't going to be gone. So when my wife decided that she wanted to homeschool for various reasons, that was really exciting for me because it extended my career in rodeo and let us keep rodeoing as a family. So we would just load up the bus and have one big field trip. It was a lot of fun. We got to experience a lot of great places, meet a lot of great people, and it was all done in the Western industry, which is really special to me. It's best summed up talking in context with my son because he may not choose to be a, a rodeo cowboy or a cowboy for that matter. But I wanted him to grow up in the culture of respect, and not only for people, but for animals, because our lives revolve around taking care of the animals that not only we compete on. In the roping events, which I do, my horses are my partners. And so just how important those animals are to us and just the respect that goes along with it about taking care of them, the responsibility that comes with that, and I know that they've got those cowboy values in them, no matter if they choose basketball, baseball, into the workforce. That doesn't bother me. Whatever he chooses, I support it fully, but I want him to have those values instilled in him. I do breakaway, and I've been begging him to do team roping, but he won't let me yet. It's awesome because, I mean, I've always wanted to... I told him one time while we were walking into a gas station, I said, I'm gonna retire at 20, when I get to 24 world titles. And then he said, well, I'm not done yet. So, and then he said he wanted me to break his record. So I was like, I have a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> he roped a lot from one to five. You know, he always had a rope in his hand. And then sports came in and got his attention elsewhere. But he had such good fundamentals from time spent doing it the right way early that when he ropes, he just kind of seems to pick up wherever we left off. It never seems to regress. And so it may have been three months since he came down to rope, and he would rope with me and rope great, and it just makes me smile because he's uh, just got a good foundation, and I think that's applicable in not only in the, this but the spiritual realm. That's probably one of the coolest things is they always get us ready to go to church. They know it's Wednesday night. They just really have done a great job, not only making it fun for the kids, but for letting them retain things about the Bible that are crucial to, to them really having that right relationship. But I remember I always prayed for a church, you know, for our kids that would just really inspire them to get dressed and Nobody has to tell them to get ready for church, and it's just, it's a cool, it's a cool thing having a home church like that. That was what I told them not too long ago. I said, that's what, uh, it's all I want for Father's Day is for y'all to be able to recite, recite a verse. Or John 3.16 was probably your very first one yeah. you learned. Uh, we did it a few weeks ago. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because we can't do everything under our own power, we need God's help. We were playing our 12U in baseball and to go to the championship, and I was up to bat, and I had to hit. I was like, 
Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> and I ended up hitting it over then. Yeah, I was happy. Taking time for prayer and Bible study is important to Trevor's family and to Trevor personally. Jesus Calling has become a part of his daily devotional time. I'm going to read from the Jesus Calling devotional on October 20th. I am your living God, far more abundantly alive than the most vivacious person you know. The human body is wonderfully crafted, but gravity and the inevitable effects of aging, weighing it down, even the most superb athlete cannot maintain his fitness over many decades. Lasting abundant life can be found in me alone. Do not be anxious about the weaknesses of your body. Instead, view it as a prelude to my infusing energy into your being. As you identify more and more fully with me, my life becomes increasingly intertwined with yours. Though the process of aging continues, inwardly you grow stronger with the passing years. Those who live close to me develop an inner aliveness that makes them seem youthful in spite of their years. Let my life shine through you as you walk in the light with me. Pretty good stuff right there. The one thing I love about it is it doesn't just list a verse. I mean, it, it has the entire verse with it. You know, Revelation 1.18. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. But it actually lists the verse, so you don't have to have a Bible right beside you like you do in a lot of devotionals. Don't mean to say that I would have to have a one-stop shop for a devotional, but it just makes it really good. If you start here and you have more time, I feel like it, it opens the door for you to go to the next one or go get your Bible and, and read in deeper to whatever they're talking about. But either way, just starting your day knowing that you can you have your page with the date on it, it just it makes getting that relationship with the Father started first thing every day and you go from there. And I heard it said the other day that that, that perfect love, that unconditional love is perfected when we love Him back. And so that's why it's so important to spend that time in the Word and, and just build on that relationship. I was saved at an early age, at 11, and I rededicated my life at a rodeo. And I probably helped me stay committed to that platform throughout my career because I was rededicating my life at a rodeo in Prescott, Arizona that a world champion bull rider was preaching at or was giving his testimony at. And so, it, truth be known, I would have probably not been there had Cody Custard not been there with his bio to get me interested in what he had to say. And then it just really put in perspective that I didn't feel like I was where I needed to be with my relationship with Christ. And just knowing the influence that he had on me at that age made me not want to take advantage or ever miss an opportunity to have a platform and not take advantage of it. The accomplishments have been great. The success that we've had has given me a platform to let people know that it wasn't all me. It was my savior and that that, that part of me has never changed and I think I think it's just been the platform to be able to tell people our story has been probably the coolest.
and and to be able to experience that you got to be in God's word and keep things in perspective and stay in a state of thanksgiving and just being grateful for where you are every day for every little lesson for some things that don't taste as good going down but you know they're going to do you good they're going to prepare you for something in the future just to be living in that relationship with Christ and being able to recognize that it's every opportunity is an opportunity to grow to keep up with all that's going on with Trevor Brazil follow him at Trevor Brazil on Facebook We'll be right back after a brief message about a new edition of Jesus Calling that makes the perfect gift for the men in your life. Jesus Calling has a wide array of book styles for all types of readers. Now, there's something new that's designed to appeal to the men in your life. The same beloved Jesus Calling content now comes in a leather soft, yet durable, slate gray cover that is perfect for the man on the go and makes a great gift for dads, uncles, brothers, whoever that special man is in your life. Check out the new gray leather soft edition of Jesus Calling today at JesusCalling.com or wherever Christian books are sold. Our next guest is Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Zach Williams. Zach shares the story of his idyllic childhood that was framed by supportive parents and a family atmosphere that was grounded in the local church, and how, when he became a full-time touring musician, he was pulled into a lifestyle of addiction. As Zach's life descended into darkness, his addictions threatened to ruin all that was important to him. Zach came to the realization that he wasn't going to be able to fill the void in his life with drugs and alcohol, and he had an encounter with God that would change his life forever. Zach drew from this experience to create his vulnerable new record titled Rescue Story. I grew up in a small town in northeast Arkansas, and I have an amazing mom and dad that at a very early age, you know, taught me what it was to just put my faith and my trust in Jesus. And had it not been for their relationship with Christ and and the example that they were to myself and to others, I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't think I'd have the opportunities that I have today. I certainly don't think I would be where I'm at. Church was very much a big part of our life whenever I was growing up. My dad and my mom were both part of music ministry. My dad led worship. My mom sang at church. Growing up, I never had an interest in playing music. Um, sports were what I always wanted to do. It was, it was my dream to to get a um, scholarship and kind of move away from this small town. Unfortunately, around 15, 16 years old, I got involved in drugs and alcohol and started making a lot of bad decisions and I started drifting away from everything that my parents had taught me and you know as I got older you know I kind of started running from everything that I'd been taught and by my senior year I ended up with a division one basketball scholarship offer but I lost that because I got involved in drugs and and ended up getting myself in trouble so I had to drop out of high school my senior year I ended up working for my dad's construction company for a year and then a year later I walked on to a junior college I made the team I got a full scholarship I moved three hours away from home, and then I found myself pretty much right back into the same things that I was struggling with whenever I was in high school. And and uh, my freshman year, we were in a basketball practice, and I was walking through some plays, and I ended up jumping up to, to dunk one, and I landed on a guy's foot, and I tore five ligaments in my ankle. And I just thought, man, what am I supposed to do now? This is everything I've ever wanted to do, and here we are coming to school to play basketball, and I can't even play basketball anymore. 
So my freshman year, I, I stayed in my apartment while most of the guys traveled on, you know, the bus and played all these games, and I was sitting around. And I ended up teaching myself how to play my roommate's guitar, and I just fell in love with this idea that I could start maybe writing these songs and tell these stories and these seasons of life that I was going through. And I remember just the first time that I ever picked up a guitar, just feeling this, you know, I was really drawn to this. And I felt like if I'm going to play music and I'm going to be a rock star, then I've got to embrace this lifestyle and this look and everything that goes along with it. And so that took me down some pretty dark roads. I moved back home from college and I was playing music and I was honestly playing in any bar or any garage or party that it, that I could go to that anybody would listen to my songs and I was working for my dad's construction company. I remember thinking, you know, like as long as I can get up and go to work every day and, you know, do my job, then the drugs and the alcohol shouldn't be a problem and you know, I got pretty good at like functioning on drugs every day and so that was something that for a good part of my life you know I got up and and I would use drugs every day just to get through the day and do my job and um, as that continued to progress my music career was you know kind of starting to take off and I here I was you know living this this kind of double life and I remember thinking here I am you know finally in a place where I'm playing music all the time and doing all these things that I thought I wanted to have but I'm, I'm still not happy I met my wife when I was about 30 years old, and when we met, she had two small kids, and soon after we got married, we had a little boy together, and about that time, I was traveling to Europe to tour, and I went over to Europe and toured for a month. I came back home and went back to work, and, you know, that, that was kind of rough because, you know, you've created this this person that you are, and everybody thinks you're doing all these awesome things, and honestly, you're just working a construction job to pay the bills so you can go out and party and act like a rock star. And it was depressing. And, you know, here I was thinking that, you know, I should be happy for all the things that I have, but nothing I was doing was filling this hole in my life. And, and a year or two went by and me and my wife continued to just struggle with, you know, our marriage and the things that I was doing. And it got to a point where she was pregnant with our daughter. And I remember I was getting ready to leave to go to Europe for the second time for a month. And she had kind of come to me and just kind of given me an ultimatum and basically was like, you know, if if your drug use, if your alcohol use, if the lifestyle continues, like, I don't think that I can continue to be your wife and support what you're doing. I'm just, there's got to be some changes. And and uh, we had started going to this church in, in our hometown. And, and I remember thinking, you know, I've been going to church now for a month. Surely I can go off to Europe and, you know, keep myself clean and, and do right. But the truth is, as soon as the plane landed in Europe and I got off the plane, I found myself right back into that lifestyle. And I remember one night just kind of having this come to Jesus moment where I was like, God, if you would just show me who you are, if you'll just give me something to just prove to me that you're real, then I'm done with this and I'll never look back. And the very next day we were traveling on a bus in Europe and I had headphones on. I was reading a book. We were traveling about eight hours and our bus driver was scanning stations and I remember he was scanning a radio station, and it stopped on Redeemed by Big Daddy Weave. And I remember hearing that song and just immediately thinking, wow, like, what are the odds? And I just remember going to my hotel room and listening to that song over and over. And for me, it was just like God showing himself to me. And I called my wife, and I told her that you know, I was going to quit my band and come home, and we were going to start going to church. And, 
And honestly, that was the turning point for me. That was like, I never looked back from that point. I remember coming home, just asking my wife and kids for forgiveness. I remember them leaving to go to school a few days later, and I found a spot in my bedroom floor in my closet and just asked God to come in and live in my heart. And honestly, I didn't even know what I was praying at the time. I remember thinking like, I don't know what to pray or what to do, but like, I can't live this life anymore. I don't want to be this person I've been. And just instantly, I remember feeling like for the first time I could breathe. And and then I took a break from music and we just started working on our relationship with each other and with God. And six months later, I kind of found this new passion. I started writing some music that felt faith-based. And, and I remember my wife invited me to go to a prison with her and share some of these songs. And for me, that was like the first time that God had really spoke to me and said, this is you know, this is the songs, these are the people, these are the places, this is the music that I have for you to write. And that was kind of it for me. That was like the turning point in, in my life where I realized like God's got a, a special calling on my life for this music and this is what I want to do with it. And the very first time I remember standing on stage and leading worship, it was just honestly the first time that I ever felt, you know, comfortable in my own skin. It was the first time I felt like, okay, I don't have to be this guy that I created to be, I can be who I was made to be and stand on this stage and just sing. And that, it's not a show, it's not about me, it's not about anything, it's just about this relationship that I have in this moment with God. Honestly, God had been preparing me to that from 20 years ago when I first started playing music. Like he was He was giving me this story and giving me these things to walk through and these these trials and these things to, to go through in life only to stand on the other side of it and tell people about his goodness. And so. For me, it's just an honor and a privilege every time that I get to share a story or do an interview or sing a song. Like, I feel like that's what he made me to do. There are so many people with the same story, just like me, that struggle with the exact same things. And to be able to tell them, it's all right to struggle, it's all right to be that. Like, God knew who you were when he made you. Like, he, he sent his son to die for those things. And there's freedom in knowing that you don't have to have it together and that you can fail. And then also just to hear people share a story with me and be like, hey man, I heard your song, Fear's a Liar, and you know, it just, it saved my life, or it's totally changed, you know, this, or it helped me through this season. When you get to hear a story like that, it's it's better than, you know, it's better than any award you're gonna get or any kind of recognition. You just know that God heard that prayer and he used that song the way you hoped he would. And and uh, that's what keeps keeps us on the road. It's what keeps us doing and keeps us writing these songs. Zach's new lease on life inspired him to write songs about the experience, which he included on his new album, Rescue Story. The songs on this album really have just been a reflection of the last 20 years of my life since I started playing music and, and the things that God's allowed me to walk through and the stories that he's allowed me to tell. So there's a lot of things that I missed in those moments that now I'm looking back and realizing, hey, he was there working all this out even when I didn't see him. We had a demo and we sent it out and, and had a lady sing on it and we got the demo back and I was talking to my producer and, you know, when we heard the demo, I remember thinking the girl that was on it kind of had this Dolly Parton kind of sound and I turned to my producer and I was like, it'd be really cool if we could get Dolly Parton to sing on this song and we kind of laughed about it a little bit and about a month later, somebody at our record label told us that they had reached out and she had agreed to listen to the song and I just remember thinking, wow, like, that's awesome, but we need to 
be prayed up for this because I don't know if she's, you know, going to want to do it. But it was really cool. When the day we met in the studio, her manager told me that she had listened to the song and got about halfway through the first chorus and took her headphones off and was like, I, I don't know who Zach Williams is, but, you know, I want to sing on this song. And it was all right with me that she didn't know who I was. You know, the fact that she wanted to be a part of it. But honestly, she was such a, a joy to work with. And, you know, now the fact that she's, you know, asked me to be a part of this CMA Awards is such a huge opportunity. It's hard to believe, but, that's, you know, that's the thing. Like, God has been doing some pretty amazing things in my life over the last few years. In the way, in the searching, in the healing, in the like a blessing buried the broken pieces. Zach found a new relationship with God, he also found a need to cultivate that relationship by spending time in prayer and reflection. He reads a passage from Jesus Calling from January 30th and then tells us how Jesus Calling has helped him with a routine of connecting with God each morning. Worship me only. Whatever occupies your mind the most becomes your God. Worries, if indulged, develop into idols. Anxiety gains a life of its own, parasitically infesting your mind. Break free from this bondage by affirming your trust in me and refreshing yourself in my presence. What goes on in your mind is invisible, undetectable to other people. But I read your thoughts continually, searching for evidence of trust in me. I rejoice when your mind turns toward me. Guard your thoughts diligently. Good thought choices will keep you close to me. You know, just being able to open up and do a devotion every day, I, I try to spend that time in the mornings when I get up and do my coffee on the bus like I, I can honestly tell you the days that I don't do it I notice that like setting myself up in the morning with that hour on the bus going through devotion writing out scripture and just kind of spending that time with God um, you can definitely tell the days that you don't and I actually was talking to somebody about that the other day so um, I think it's been a big big help for me in my life God knows everything about who you are and for me it's what you're Putting your focus and your mind on is what becomes your God. And if you're doing that on your career and your your abilities and not the things of God, then that's, that's what you're going to put first in your life. And I think for me, once I realized, like, I'd been trying to fill a hole in my life that only God could fill, that was the only thing that, that like, really allowed me to move on in my life and, like, not need those things anymore. It was like, okay... All these things that I had in my life that I thought were going to make me happy didn't make me happy. The only thing that's made me happy has been putting God in those places. To find out more about Zach's latest album, Rescue Story, visit ZachWilliamsMusic.com. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we talk with Lori Bear from His Haven Ranch, a faith-based nonprofit program that connects kids and horses in a safe, fun environment in order to help them deal with trauma or difficult life changes. Lori describes how they teach kids to take care of and ride horses while they learn truths from God's Word. And the first 15 minutes of our 90-minute session, the mentor sits down with a Bible study that the Lord has downloaded them with. It might be Jesus Calling, it might be Scripture, it might be some other resource that the Lord gives them. And then after we start with the Word of God, we go right to work. When they're on the back of that horse, they get a perspective. And when we sow in the seed of the Word of God before they can get into that saddle, 
So we use a horse and we use the Word of God, and they seem to work really well together. Do you love hearing these stories of faith weekly from people like you whose lives have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review so that we can reach others with these inspirational stories. And you can also see these interviews on video as part of our original web series, with a new interview premiering every other Sunday on Facebook Live. Find previously broadcast interviews on our YouTube channel, on IGTV, or on JesusCalling.com slash video.